This is the beginning of Quantum Leap, Genesis parts one and two, and it starts out in the desert, I believe. And we start with Al's awesome fashion. And as we pointed out before, no seatbelts. Always. There's LED lady. (laughs) Not a bad looking girl, but apparently uh, they didn't like her voice. This actress is... Amanda Kennedy, but her voice is dubbed over by Deborah Pratt, the co-creator, co-producer, head writer, and voice of Ziggy of Quantum Leap. I wonder what she sounded like. I want to know. I want to hear the original version. That would be great to hear on a separate soundtrack. Do you wear the LEDs during the day? Uh, I would, but only one, probably. (laughs) Now, I have a theory, like, watching this... Is this Tina? And maybe this is like one of their setup dates, like uh, where they're pretending not to know each other. Oh, role play. Yeah, it might be. But maybe not. Or maybe this is when they met. Oh, no, I guess. Could be. I guess we probably find out more about that in the future episodes, huh? Or the past. (laughs) She seems impressed by him, huh? Yeah. Did you see how she turned her whole body and head at once because of the wiring underneath her wig for the LEDs. Yeah, and today they're just so simple. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably not Tina, or if it is, then he just met her, like you said, because uh, he seems concerned that she's asking questions. Is that a camera outside her window? Where? Where? Well, no, I didn't see it this time. <laughs> uh, I'd rewind it, but. <laughs> yeah, next to her head, there's something, and it looks like that's where the camera is. It could be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely something there. First hmm. time I saw that. There's a first time for everything. Sam's leaping. That's Dr. Such a Sam. Cool shot. It is. It's a signature shot of the series. Like, you see that, you know, Quantum Leap. We that... don't really hear much about Gushy after this episode, do we? Not so far in our review of the series. I think it, he comes up later on. And that is uh, Gushi. He has bad breath. He's played by Dennis Wolfberg. Such a weird nickname, Gushi. He was a stand-up comedian at the time. He's kind of famous. This is uh, the long intro, so we get to introduce ourselves. I am Albie. And I'm Heather. And we do a little thing called the Quantum Leap Podcast, where we go through Quantum Leap episode by episode and uh, talk about it. And that's about it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is my first time watching the series, and Albie's watched it a couple times. And during its original run. So I watched it when I was probably about 14, 15, and um, now I'm watching it again when I'm... Uh-huh. <laughs> 37 we'll say why would I lie by a year I don't know but it made me feel better <laughs> okay so I'm 38 it's out there co-producer Deborah Pratt that's the lady that voiced over that girl with the LED earrings and if you listen to our podcast we actually interview her in one of our episodes so. she's a really good writer and uh, she helped write the second part of this and uh, that's what she said and <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> and um, But you don't see it credited on different websites in IMDb, so it's strange. But I believe her. What was a husband and wife duo? So that was uh, kind of a point of view and watch that dot's going to come up. 
the dirt on the film. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. And uh, that was a point of view of Dr. Sam Beckett as he was leaping into Tom Stratton. That was a pretty cool point of view. Made me a little, uh, not seasick. I don't know. <laughs> Air sick? Height, Air sick. Height sick? I don't know. At least it's not in a theater. Yeah. It's good they didn't film it in ultra high definition or we would have gotten airsick. Yeah, right. So I notice here between this episode and What Price Gloria, his chest hair is a very different length. Yeah, he's not as hairy in this episode. Right. So he might have trimmed for this episode and not the other one. To exaggerate the being a man in a woman's body. Yeah. And this is Peg Stratton. She's one of my favorite Quantum Leap characters. Very beautiful for being that pregnant. I would say, what, nine months pregnant? Oh, yeah. Well, no, she she ends up being early, I think, in this episode. So maybe eight, seven, eight months. And she is most famous for being Gwendolyn Pierce on Charles in Charge, at least for me. She's done a bunch of roles. I think her most famous role for me is this one. <laughs> It's really cool that they have these uh, period things placed in there, like the shaving cream. You can tell that's a original shaving cream thing, but it looks kind of old and worn. But it's, you know, probably 40 years old at the time, right? Yeah. But even the decor, you can tell it's dated. They did a good job on this episode. It was really the pilot movie, and they didn't know if they were going to get picked up. So this could have just been the movie. When it originally aired on NBC, it was just billed as Quantum Leap. It didn't have the title of Genesis yet. Yeah. Look at his shorts. They're very (laughs) um, to the time period, too. They're a little see-through. I'm glad they're not see-through in the wrong places. Yeah, considering now it's in higher definition than it used to be. (laughs) Now, Sam is shaved, so he doesn't need to shave. But Tom Stratton, not shaved, so he does need to shave. And this is one of the first mirror gags in the series. No, it is the first. Yeah, it is the first. So, And they get better as they go along. But if you notice here, the actor through the glass doesn't react at the exact same time as Sam Beckett. Yeah, it wasn't as good. They get better. They do get better. But, you know, it's a learning curve. We'll see something come up later on that's uh, really bad. So that was not the worst one in the episode. You can see Peg Stratton's double and... They're off, too. They're very off. But, again, a pilot movie, and they haven't gotten everything figured out yet. She does not look awful. I know. (laughs) It is pretty bad when you're concentrating on it, isn't it? Yeah. The story in this one is really good. I hope that kid doesn't get hit by a bus. (laughs) Seriously. Fly. I don't shave in the shower. I need a mirror to see what I'm doing. Otherwise, I'll lop off an ear or something. I'm lucky enough to not have to shave my face. But he, uh, thank you. Um, he, He has a mirror in the shower, so I guess if I did, I could. I brush my teeth in the shower. got a coonskin cap. Of course, Davy Crockett was very popular back in the 50s. 555, so we know it's not a real number. (laughs) You can try calling it, but you won't get anybody. 
So what do you think of uh, Scott Bakula in the role of Dr. Sam Beckett? I think he does a great job, especially having to be a different character. Well, being the same character as a different character every week or every show. It's not necessarily every week now. After watching at least the first two seasons, I can't imagine anyone else playing this part. Oh, yeah. So does he not remember leaping? Is that the Swiss cheese brain? I think partially he remembers, but he's very confused about it because he said we did it, but we did what? He Maybe knows? he's in shock? I think it has a lot to do with the Swiss cheese brain. And of course, the first time he's in this situation, because as we'll see later on in the series, when he leaps in, in the future episodes, he's just like, oh, okay, I'm, uh, you know, whatever he happens to be. Uh, I'm a magician. Cool. Yeah. I'm sawing a lady in half. Hopefully I'm not really sawing her in half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that is a jet. This, these play a very big part. Oh, that's so scary. Can you imagine episode. having to do that? No, I would not. I would not be a passenger in a jet, let alone fly a jet. My grandpa was a pilot, so I'm not really as scared to be a, the passenger. Maybe not if they went upside down. I don't think I could handle that. The shaving cream changes again. That's another oh, yeah. inconsistency. Your grandfather was a pilot. He, he flew those kind of planes. Well, he flew commercial planes. He was in the Air Force, but I don't think he flew the same kind of planes. Somebody cut themselves shaving. I've never done that. I don't think it works. It might. They they call it little Japanese flags all over the place, especially back then. And we meet Bird Dog. He's kind of like Al, huh? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, he's very sexual and very um, a horn dog, a bird dog, I guess. I like those shorts. You know, it's funny. Those are almost like back in style now. <laughs> oh, everything's the, cyclical, right? Well, the high waist is coming back, I guess. Now, this is a funny situation that happens in this part of the episode because he tells this girl... right there that they're the only two pilots brave enough. But later on in the episode, when she actually hears the sound barrier being broken or the, um, what do they call that, sonic boom, mm-hmm. then they're not flying it. It's somebody else. Well, he's just painting the truth a little bit, right? Yeah, he's trying to get a date. Yeah. I like that little sound they play every time that Sam looks in a mirror. It's letting you know, okay, something's strange. I should pay attention. Do they still do that? Yeah. Mm, I guess I've gotten used to it. You do. You get used to it. Elvis. That really sets the tone for Quantum Leap, all the music in it. And uh, the Region 1 DVDs that have been released had all, well, a lot of the music replaced by just generic music so they didn't have to pay the rights. But that really, I think, affects the placement in time. Because this says Elvis, this says 50s rock and roll. Well, I think the outfits have a lot to do with it, too, so they probably thought that's how they could get away with it, but I think music definitely plays a big part. The way Deborah Pratt explained it to us when we talked to her was that to get the licensing rights for music for all formats that exist and all formats that will exist in the future, that costs a lot of money. Oh, I'm sure. So it makes uh, like putting a new version of it out for home video, whatever type it may be, prohibitively expensive and they've done that with a lot of shows um one of the worst most famous one is wkrp in cincinnati 
because all they do is play music. So when they introduce music and they play the wrong song, kind of like in uh, Good Morning Peoria, if you watch the Region 1 version, it just doesn't make sense. I think when they introduce, though, they play that song, but it, at least in Quantum Leap, so it's not that bad. But I can't imagine introducing one song and playing a different. That would, that would be pretty bad. Dr. Berger, he's played by W.K. Stratton, and he comes up again and again in Quantum Leap. He must be pretty good friends with Donald P. Belisario. Huh? Um, from what I understand, if you work with Donald P. Belisario and you're a good actor and you know you're friendly, you get used again and again. Kind of like a Joss Whedon thing, huh? Right. Oh, that always cracks me up when he hits his head with a ruler and you get that bonk, bonk sound. Because of the metal plate. <laughs> right. And he always has something in his hand just in case he wants to express that he has a metal plate in his head. I guess play it up, right? Yeah. Um, this is the first time we see Al. And Sam has no idea who he is. He's like, hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just thinks he's another one of the guys in the room. And he's like, why is he talking to me like that? That's odd. Yeah. Keeps looking at him like he's weird. Now, Dr. Ernst is played by Bruce McGill, and uh, he'll play a very important part in the last episode of Quantum Leap, but I don't want to talk about that right now. We'll get no to that spoilers. when we get to that. No spoilers. But again, uh, Donald P. Belisario using people he likes over. Obviously, Swiss cheese brain. Now oh, this stock footage. Stock footage. Bad. Really bad stock <laughs> footage. But, you know, it's one of those things where they didn't know if they were going to get picked up, and when you do a pilot, you don't have a huge budget. And would you rather the money go to maybe better sets, better costuming, music, or going out and finding or making brand new footage of footage you can just find? Yeah, because I'm sure, you know, finding those kind of planes and making them run again would be a big, big deal. On the standard definition, it's harder to tell that it's stock footage, but when you go to the high definition version, it's a big difference. It is fun, I have to say, with these three ladies. I, I think it is fun to have pregnant friends, so it's nice that they're all... Aren't they all pregnant? <laughs> yeah, all pregnant together. Now, yeah. she she was on Too Close for Comfort. That's where I knew her from the most. The sitcom with Jim J. Bullock. I don't know any of those people. <laughs> we have a little age difference for us. We each have a different perspective watching this. Wow, you can really tell the stock footage bad on there with the scratches and dirt. Yeah, it's not very clear. No. Are pregnant women supposed to drink coffee? I think it's like a one cup a day. Oh, so this might be that one cup. Yeah. But what about when she smokes later on in the episode? Yeah, I'm going to say no. No, not a good thing? The rules are a little different. Okay, there might be some drinking involved. Yeah. Later. So still, he doesn't know what's going on, I don't think. Yeah, he's a little scared right now. Talking about all his bird dogging that he does. Now, uh, we have a part in this episode coming up that is a little bit strange. Oh, more stock footage. <laughs> You're tuned in to the Stock Footage Channel. 
Well, it's good because he doesn't have to actually fly the plane. Yet. <laughs> oh, spoilers. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you've seen this already. If you so. haven't seen it already, we're going to spoil everything. I think that's the point of a commentary, isn't it? All right. Just having a little bit more information, having somebody to watch it with you. Kind of fun. Yeah, it's like they having good us on this. At your they're home. Not, obviously, they're not flying. So they have some kind of backdrop, Light. maybe. Yeah. But they did good on that because I never even thought about that. So every time you see stock footage, drink. <laughs> well, In this episode, <laughs> you'll be pretty wasted by the end. Will we make the whole episode then? I don't know. I don't know. There he is. Does he have something to hit his head with? I guess you could use that little drink microphone. <laughs> oh boy. No oh boy. Wow. Maybe that doesn't start yet. Maybe they didn't have the oh boy yet. Drink. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, if they had to go out and film all that, that would make it they couldn't do the pilot if they had yeah. to film all that footage new. No, so I think there's a lot of stock footage in this episode. Nowadays, I think they probably would have done it CG. Oh, yeah, but they didn't have those resources back then. No. But I don't think they would have used stock footage like that in something today. There is a shorter version of this that they aired on television when it went into syndication. And uh, they probably cut out most of that stock footage because when they cut 10, 20, 15 minutes out of something... Well, they combined part one and part two into like a movie, right? Right. Yeah. Well, this aired originally part one and part two together. Right. But I think they did it as one whole thing. Right. Right. When they put it on TV. This is one of your favorite parts, right? Yeah. (laughs) She's got her stuff together. She knows how to handle anything. She's a mom. Yeah. So what happens? As she pours herself another cup of coffee. So that's two. So she's over the limit. Hopefully that doesn't cause any complications with the baby. Mother hen, bird dog, everybody's got a name. Oh, hey. <laughs> he didn't have anything in his hand, but it still made the bunk bunk noise. Makes it sound hollow. Hmm. Now that's stock footage with a binocular thing going over it. Like a frame. Yeah. Here's the part coming up I think I was talking about earlier, right. See, Al there, his coat is flowing because of the wind in the plane. Only he's not in the plane. He's in the imaging chamber at Project Quantum Leap. Yeah, but I think that, like, your brain just puts it together like that. And if it wasn't flowing, it would be weird to you. It would be odd. And, of course, it'd have to be a visual effect and increase the budget. Nowadays, they'd probably catch stuff like that because they'd have technical advisors. Is that a young Ryan Reynolds? No. Okay. I didn't think so. I don't think Ryan Reynolds is old enough to be young in this episode. <laughs> but he looks similar. So that's a little continuity error. That Those will come up throughout the series because either Al is not supposed to be there or Sam's not supposed to be where they are and they still interact with their environment because they are real people while they're filming this, so it's hard not to. Yeah, and I think that Probably in standard definition, small screens, you didn't catch a lot of it before, you know. Like the editor didn't catch or didn't even notice that it was a mistake. Scary moment. Yeah. 
But that chick that they met at the bar is like, hey, that was for me. <laughs> All the Air Force stuff in this episode, the creator of the show, Donald P. Belisario, he has a military background, so he wrote what he knew. Yeah. Before this, he had um, Magnum P.I. He's created a bunch of other shows, Tales of the Golden Monkey, JAG, all the NCISs, including the new one coming out is NCIS New Orleans, starring Scott Bakula. Woohoo, I'm excited about that. And that uh, the first episode with Scott Bakula airs the day before the 25th anniversary of Quantum Leap. That's why we're doing this. I should mention it's the 25th anniversary of Quantum Leap. Happy 25th birthday, Quantum Leap. See, that looked like model work to me. Maybe. See, I'm older than Quantum Leap by a couple months. By a couple months. <laughs> I guess they're wearing oxygen masks because if they're up so high, the oxygen is levels low. Hear the bubbling? Yeah, makes you uh, think of percolating coffee. Mm. We'll learn later on in the episode that that's actually the fuel boiling. That sounds That's crazy. dangerous. Yeah. He's right to abort. If if your fuel's boiling, yeah. You should abort. There's a light for fire, but there's no light for earth or wind. <laughs> so uh, apparently it's not stock footage with this plane, so it looks like a model. Well, that's stock footage. Right, but that's the plane following it, I think. So this test aircraft is a model. <laughs> yeah, model. And he turns above Mach 2. Not the smartest idea. Whoops. Just barely, but I think it was at like 2.2, right? Yeah, but still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eject or I wouldn't turn, rather, going Mach 1. I love how Sam's just watching. Like, this is insane. I'd be like, I can't go to work today. <laughs> I'm sick. I have yeah. to stay home. I have the flu. You handle this. It's a little light I need a new, thing going I need on. a new job. So the first test didn't go so good. No, but he's okay, right? I see a parachute in that. So maybe. Poor Peg. See, she looks less pregnant there. Does she have different bellies? No, I don't know. I think it was just the angle. Maybe. The shirt's a little bit bigger, maybe? Yeah, I think she just looks less pregnant. The shot coming up has a little bit of an error, and it depends how you look at it. When he lands on the ground, the parachute's all kind of weird. It's all kind of weird. Yeah. That's as specific as I could get until I actually see it. Those are technical terms. <laughs> it's weird that they're playing it in slow motion. Hmm. It is. Maybe that's what I meant. Oh. Maybe not. Is there any other slow motion in the episode? We'll have to be on the mm-hmm. lookout. Now, this part for me watching the first two episodes together as the movie is one of my favorite scenes because he's sitting with Peg at the table in the restaurant and it's very romantic. Yeah, I guess Tom wasn't as romantic as Sam is, so it's nice that he shows her a little romance, especially now that she's pregnant and not feeling as sexy as she used to feel. And Peg's very, I would say, enamored by it. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, she's in love with him, and uh, most women want their men to show him a little bit more romance or affection, so. But also, I think Sam is falling for Peg. 
Oh, most definitely, especially by the end of this episode. I think he likes pregnant women, too. Well, don't we all? They have a certain beauty. What do you think of the voiceovers? It's like a captain's log, almost. Yeah, he doesn't do that as much in the later episodes. He Uh, just does it in the kind of the beginning of the episodes now. As our podcasts are airing, we're in the middle of the second season, and usually he does it at the end of the episode, kind of like a recap for yeah, the beginning or the of beginning. the next episode. episode. Right. Yeah. But I think it's necessary in this one, because we have no idea what's going on in this brand new series. I think that's got to be a hard part for Sam doing this job, is falling for these women, and then having to leave over and over again. Oh, yeah. I know he gets heartbroken a couple times just from having to leave them because he falls for quite a few. There's not very many episodes where he doesn't have a love interest. But he's not a ladies man as much as Bird Dog or Al. He's he's not a horn dog. He really Not at all. He really falls head over heels for these ladies. Yeah, it's the romance, it's the affection, it's getting to know them, it's not trying to bag them for lack of a better term. They didn't play the sound for Al coming in. They did not. Maybe they didn't have a standard yet. Yeah, Peg's very happy. Whoops, he might be giving it away. He learned to dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a pregnant joke? Yes. Those are clip-on earrings. I'm just Most saying. episodes have clip-on yeah, that's earrings. That's weird, right? Is that a guitar on his lapel? I think it's like a... Some type of metal? I don't think it's a guitar, though. Oh. So then it switches to a POV shot for Sam's point of view, seeing Al. I've been told you can see his reflections in the jukebox, but I have never personally seen it myself. I'll keep an eye out for it. The version we're watching has like a generic. Oh, you slow can kind of see the black. Oh, is that what it the, was? Yeah, in the metal part of the jukebox. Six months. That answered your question. Six months. So, sh- oh, the baby really would have been premature then. Yeah. Because that's a little too premature. Yes. Um, what's a good gestation period? Nine months. Nine months. <laughs> yeah. Well, doesn't it take ten months? Technically, yeah. If you count it out. 40 weeks is closer to 10 months. I think it's nine calendar months because they're not all like 30 days. So, but she went into labor at six months, which is dangerous. Yes. He's like, why is this guy following me? Who is this? Oh, you can see. Oh, yeah. There's his reflection right there. And this is outfit number three for Al? Yeah. Yeah. He's a fashionista. Is there a male version of that? Fashionisto. (laughs) Fashionisto. This is the best part of Quantum Leap, I think. Besides learning morals and meanings in each episode, the interaction between these two actors is just amazing. I love their chemistry. I don't know who cast them. Probably Donald P. Belisario had the final say in who... He might have written these parts for them, though. That's true. But the chemistry made the series because, you know, first season, okay, good. 
But without those actors to pull off the stories, I don't think it would have been as good. And I don't yeah. think we would have gotten five seasons. They're great actors. Of course, uh, Dean Stockwell, very famous for being a child actor. He was in The Boy with the Green Hair. And uh, he was in one of your grandma's favorite movies, right? Yeah, The Secret Garden. As the little boy who was in the bed. I have not seen that yet. I'd like to see it. No, that's gushy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm talking to myself in the middle of a room. <laughs> well, he doesn't know that. No. Other than Al's fashion, what do you think of the costuming for this episode in general? Very good. They always have good costuming. Al's outfits are amazing and very, I guess, fashion forward. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, they're always extravagant and they usually do pretty good time episodes. There's the invisible door. The door does change over time, the way it swings and the way it looks. But that's our first look at the door to the imaging chamber. (laughs) He thinks he's dreaming. Yeah, like, this was a funny joke, but I'm done. Right. So, uh, Quantum Leap with God, Time, and Fate. So, immediately he assumes it's God controlling it. What would you think if you just woke up somewhere in another body? I don't know. I'd probably be trying to figure out Anything to get me back to where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Pinch me, God, time. Right. Fate, I don't know if they really do anything. This is romantic, but unsafe. No seatbelts. I think that car had a bench seat in the front and back, so you could do that, but... That's how cars were back then. That's how people died back then. (laughs) I'm sure. My first viewing of this episode as an adult, I'm going to get a little blue here, but... um. I thought something more was going to happen in the scene. Like a car accident or something? No, something more romantic. Oh. It just seemed to be going that way. This is a television show. (laughs) This is not an HBO special. A television show that aired in 1989 on NBC. I don't think we've ever talked about this. What do you think about Scott Bakula's little patch of gray? It's weird. There's a lady on TLC who has, I think she was on What Not to Wear, and she has a stripe of gray or white hair. I never understood that. From what I understand, he's had it his whole life. The whole Burma shave thing with the signs on the road, I think if you were alive back then, you'd get a bigger kick out of it. Yeah, it's probably something that was a big deal. Almost like you had to be there. This episode first aired on March 26th, 1989. I was born in January of 1989. So do some quick math. I was three months old. Oh, so you're already born. Right. This was aired in March. Okay, so technically you could leap to when this episode was live. It's weird to see him not as him. (laughs) You know, she picks up on the fact that he's not really him, and she's one of the few characters that does in the series so far. A lot of the people are confused at one point, and then he convinces them otherwise. 
Well, he's not really trying to... Convince her. Right. So yeah. he learns later on that that's probably for the best. Yeah. She's a little upset, so he kind of changes his mind and says, it's all a joke. You should be watching the road. <laughs> no seatbelts, watch the road. It's all right. I don't have a seatbelt on. I don't need to watch the road. And there's no lines on the road. Yeah. And there doesn't and seem to dark. be street lights. No. Um, might as well just turn the headlights off and just <laughs> just cross your fingers. Where's the blindfold? <laughs> What's a nerd? Was that not a popular term back then? I don't think so. I think he brought that into the vernacular. He does that a lot. He does. So this scene, to me, looks like it was just shot on a soundstage because it's easier to do that than mount equipment and take it out on a trailer, especially if you don't have a background. Yeah, and it's safer because you're not looking at the road. Right. And uh, you can always tell when something's in a soundstage because a lot of people drive, especially in the older black and white movies, they'll take the steering wheel and turn it right and left. Like, and if you were really doing that, you'd be swerving off the road. Yeah. This, How, why are you driving that way? <laughs> like a little kid, you know, sitting in their parents' car. Vroom, vroom. More clouds. Very cloudy episode. There are some theories out there that the reason why all these clouds exist in this episode is because it has to do with... The similarity to the movie Heaven Can Wait with hmm. Warren Beatty. Oh. Oh. So I think this is when they're actually trying to... You can see the dial turning. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. They're, they're trying to retrieve him. So he's out of Tom Stratton's body now, and he's getting pulled back towards Project Quantum Leap through oh, time. Oh, yeah, this is his point of view. And then he's like, you know what? No, I don't want to go. So if he had just let them take him back right there... It would have been a really short series. Yeah, and even a short pilot. But for him having an out-of-body experience and not knowing what's going on, I think I'd want to go back to my body. Yeah, but at least the one you know isn't... I mean, it could be something worse that they were pulling him to. Oh, that's true. Milk the cows. <laughs> Ooh, some of his Swiss cheese brain's going back. I would love to see that. I want to I know what his life was like growing up. I'm sure they're going to show it. That would be cool. This is when he remembers about his dad. Oh, yeah. And uh, if he's alive back in the 50s and his dad's still alive, he can call his dad. Mm-hmm. You can't blame him. Yeah. Hawaii. There's a slight reference right there to Magnum P.I. So if you watch Magnum P.I. and then watch this, you would get it and be like, oh, that's so cool. Is it really? Or he just says Hawaii? No, it, his sister uh, actually married, I want to say Magnum or something. I'm not oh. sure. I don't watch Magnum P.I. I watched some of it when it was on originally just because there was like helicopters in Hawaii. Hmm. And there was only four channels back then. But I haven't seen it recently enough to remember any of it. Hmm. A little bit of a continuity error. In bed, he had more of a shadow on his face. There, not so much. His facial hair doesn't know what it's doing. No. And uh, we're seeing his aura, is it? Or right. he's in the body. He's in someone else's aura, but that's his body. 
Right. So are we seeing his body, but not their aura? We only see their aura in a mirror. Right. This part pretty, for me... I'm trying to remember what Hayden told us. <laughs> <laughs> this part for me is a... Um, kind of sad. Why? Because he wants to talk to his dad, but he can't. And, oh, yeah. But later on, when he actually does get to talk to his dad, it's heartbreaking for me. Yeah. I'm sure you wish you could talk to your dad. Oh, yeah. I think anybody who's lost someone has to have that thing. Like, if only I could just have that one more conversation with him. Yeah. And here he's got a little boy calling him dead. And we don't know at this point, watching our series, if he does have kids or not. Right. My recollection, I don't think so, but I couldn't be positive on that. Well, he he's the kind of person that would be married and have a white picket fence and a wife and two kids. And we know he doesn't have his love of his life. So I'm thinking right. probably not. Don Elise. Yeah. But he makes a good dad in this episode. Yeah. Especially later on in the episode. This scene coming up between Al and Sam is uh, a little iconic because a lot of the publicity shots of Quantum Leap from season one included Al and Sam talking while he was in the fishing gear. I like that he pretends he knows how to fish, and he's like, "You, I'm showing you because that's not how you do this. <laughs> he's like, I know, Dad. You're just trying to make me look good. Mm-hmm. He's got a hat <laughs> on like the kids wear in Toy Story. I just noticed that. <laughs> the Woody hat. Yeah, like a 1950s cowboy hat. Well, Woody... In Toy Story was a like 1950s cowboy. He was a black and white cartoon. Yeah, I wonder if this is in the same universe or not. Hmm, that would be pretty cool if it was. <laughs> this and Wally. I know you're trying to make me look good. Sam's like, yeah, I wish. I don't think I'd get up early in the morning to go fishing. I'd be like, ah, uh, just let me sleep in. That's my hobby. <laughs> I think if it was important to your son, you would. Yes. Or you'd convince your son it was better to sleep in. Uh, probably. I'd be like, let's watch Quantum Leap all night and fall asleep and sleep in. Yeah. Again, no sound. Yeah. So maybe they didn't have a thing back then yet. I thought that was a rope. It is a rope. It looks like in it's the like, front, like a suit jacket. A little bit. It's a very fancy robe. Maybe it's a future outfit. No. Yeah. yeah, well, those are his jammies. So either he was planning on cheating on Tina or the girl we did meet was Tina. Yeah, because he mentions her right away. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot about Tina as the series goes on. He's got musical notes on his cup. And a purple watch. I never noticed the musical notes before. I wonder if that is a specific tune. Visual effect coming up because everybody's cooking. Hey, that was the noise, though. Yeah. So that was a pass-through noise. Maybe they didn't want to overuse the noise. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I wonder if Al's trying to communicate a message in that music. I want to know what that music sounds like. It's probably Quantum Leap. No, that's Gushy. We see the first version of the handheld unit there. Oh, yeah. The hand link. And it does switch. 
as soon as uh, the middle of season one and then on to season two. And then I think we pretty much by the end of season two, we get our final hand link to Ziggy. These rules, he bl- he breaks so many times. <laughs> well, we understand now that people are watching him when he's talking to him. So he, if he does have to communicate something against the rules, he's got to do it covertly. I don't understand why Sam wouldn't want to know these things. Like, at least his name and who he is. And You think Sam was worried that he would try to change his life, his future, I don't, his past? I don't think so. I, I think that if... If Al said this was our mission, I don't know what their mission is. Just to leap, I guess. But I don't think they knew it was going to be to do right and wrong. Yeah, I don't think they meant to put right what once went wrong. Try saying that. (laughs) But God, time or fate grabbed him and uh, used him since he was leaping in time. And uh, had him put things right that once went wrong. But I think he was just trying to prove his theory of time travel. That which brings up, he stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. But he didn't vanish. Right. As we learn later, he's in the waiting room. I'm still confused about that point. Well, didn't he disappear and it's Tom Stratton's body in the waiting room? With... Sam's aura around him, maybe? I don't know if Sam's aura is there, or if it's just Tom Stratton's body. Huh. Maybe somebody listening to this knows more than we do. Probably Hayden. <laughs> Hayden's very smart. If you listen to the Quantum Leap podcast, he joined us a few shows in, leaving feedback, and his feedback was so knowledgeable that we invited him to be part of the show, and now he's part of the show. Yeah. He's from the land down under. Why do you go to work in your bathroom? Where is he sleeping that he went to work like that? I don't know. Because he has to be in the imaging chamber, right? right? Yeah. More Elvis. No, this is Roy Orbison. Ooby dooby. I like this song for me just because it's in Star Trek First Contact. So I listened to that soundtrack so much that rewatching this show, I heard Ooby dooby and I was like, oh, I love this song. Doing classic dad things. Playing catch, going fishing. Is he pouring beer on that? I think he is. <laughs> but don't worry, the alcohol will cook off. I know, I just thought it was funny. I thought he said something about sauce, but... That's his secret sauce, mm. beer. Is she drinking a beer? She's pregnant. Yep. What the front door? Was that not bad back then? I think even now it's like one beer or one glass of wine yeah, is one, okay. one glass of wine's okay. I don't know, though. But I'm sure it wasn't as strict back then. That doesn't look like stock footage, does it? Mm-mm. I don't think that was shot for that. Pretty good. Now we see them playing ball and catch, which might come up later on in the episode. I would definitely be scared if my husband did that. Yeah, you don't really want your spouse to do really dangerous work unless you don't like them and you have a really good insurance. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so that's a clue that... See, he kind of catches on that he's not Tom Stratton. Yeah. 
she's a little worried. Yeah. <laughs> that part's always funny to me, too. That made up his mind. Unless you want to clean your room. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all right. That looks like a set and a backdrop to me, but it was oh, all right. Oh, sure. It was all right. It's a good transition. Is there anything in the set that doesn't belong there? Anything look out of place? Um, I don't see anything. I'm just asking you. No, it all looks pretty good. It reminds me of the carousel of progress. <laughs> all the old appliances. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Oh, don't start. Um, I know in one episode of Quantum Leap, they have a box of breakfast cereal from the early 90s. In the 50s or 60s. Whoops. Yeah. Things like that happen. So you think Sam's catching on at, at this point? I think he's learning to play along. But I'll just told him, you know, what yeah. was going on. Very romantic. And yet he doesn't have a problem kissing her, but then when he's on the train Atomic Bride, he definitely has reservations. So I don't know how that's different. And she's pregnant. Tom Stratton, Tom McBride. There's a lot of Toms. Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah. His level of comfort changes with women episode by episode. Yeah, so much changes episode by episode. The rules change, The everything. So, you know, that really does show that part of the Leapy's personality is still there. Yeah. We'll get to an episode soon in our podcast where that is pretty evident, I think. <laughs> 200 questions, I would be, I'm out. Yeah. Okay, when he ans asks the questions, we got to answer them. Personally? Yeah. Uh, In New, New Jersey. Jersey. Building a snowman. <laughs> In shorts. In Cape Coral. <laughs> In the middle of a highway. That's so weird. It is. But it's true. The house I was in at the time, they tore down later on and made a highway through it. So I wasn't actually on the highway. But now it's a highway. That's always a fight, the whose name goes first when there's a partnership. Ernst Burger, Burger Ernst. Reminds me of Burger Meister, Meister Burger. Exactly. Doctors? Doctor? Doctor? Now this is about the part in the movie where if it's separated into two episodes that it cuts and you'll see the second part the next day. So Sam's got to fly this thing. Man, I would be so scared. Again, I would call in sick. Yeah, right. But I would call in missing. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to head to that dairy farm. I'm going to try to find it. 
I have to say, Sam always steps up in his missions. I guess he has to to keep moving on. But even if something scares him, Al's usually there to help him. But he does step up. I think at first it's like they say, and he's trying to that the next leap will be the leap home. But after a while, I think he's just really honestly trying to help people. This is not one of my favorite outfits of Al. (laughs) You don't like it. Why? I don't know. It looks like one of those shirts where you get sweat stains and the shirt changes color. Around the neck. Yeah. And Mm. uh, on the arms. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Here is the wrong string theory. Mm. Sounds good if you didn't know what the string theory was. Right. It was in the pop culture back then. String theory was very popular. So they made one similar to it with a theory about a string. I'm not saying it's wrong because I don't think I can disprove that. Sounds good. He said the title in the episode. I love when they do that. Do they ever say Genesis in this? I don't think so. That was pretty good effect for the first episode. I like how they do this. What? Like, he'll walk through the wing coming up, but it's a really simple effect because the wing isn't connected to the plane. But from our perspective, we can't tell that. Hmm. So this is outfit number four or five. Five? Because he wore a bathrobe. Mm-hmm. New Mexico. Why is this tie off center? I don't know. This is one of your least favorite outfits, I think, because you refer to this a lot. Just Just something about it. If the dark red and the light red or pink were inverted, do you think it'd be better? No. (laughs) And it's weird. It's like he's wearing it over a striped shirt. I don't understand. Is he? Or is that just like a weird tie-dye? It's a weird tie-dye, but like the stripes, like there's stripes on it. I don't know. I just don't like it. See right here. They play the music and it seems like he's walking through their wing. But it's just a wing that wasn't attached to the plane. It's weird. But it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, I didn't notice that before. Way to save money. Be ingenuitive. Yeah. Tom Stratton. He's got the right name on his name tag. <laughs> That's always important. Now, how does Al know what Ziggy's trying to tell him through the hand link like that? LED lights, you know, that new language of LED lights. The blinky light language. You don't know how to read blinky light language? Two I reds, do. a green, and a blue. Totally no. It's, you know, when, when the red light blink, blinks once, it's A. When the <laughs> red light blinks twice, it's B. That would be hard. The yellow light blinks once, it's C. Now, this scene is a recap of what happened so far, and it's good to keep you reminded during the movie, but of course, it's also the beginning of the second episode. So if you didn't watch the first episode, this kind of catches you up to speed to watch the second part of the episode. Without going, this is what happened. Right. When this aired in syndication, it wasn't like people had TiVos or On Demand or Netflix. I love having recordable media. At this time in history, we can watch anything we want ever. From Hulu or Netflix or Amazon or a bunch of other things. And of course, home video, which wasn't a big thing back then. Although the these were released on Laserdisc and VHS. 
But how VHS? It's been a while. So now they have a plan. Broad. Now, is that Tina or is that that other chick that he just met? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love their little banter back yeah, and forth. It's the best part. It Clouds. Really is. Clouds. Now, do you think it denotes the passage of time or, again, like something linked to maybe something mysterious or mystical? I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with the clouds. Have you ever had one of those phones? No. When I was a little kid, I'd say probably it was maybe I was seven when we finally got a touchtone phone. You have to remember I was born in 89. Right, but they still sell those things in thrift stores and you have grandparents you go over and they still have the kind you turn the handle on the side to make the call. You got My grandma Betty. had a fancy phone that had buttons on it that you wrote the name of the person you were going to call and she had like speed dial. That would be in the 90s. Yeah. With those cordless phones that had the antennas that were three feet long. And you could walk all the way to the mailbox almost. Yeah, when it started getting like... (laughs) (laughs) I think that she is a big role in the start of his journey of leaping because she really does help him and she's a very understanding person. Well, I was just thinking right before you said that, that she is a very big part of this episode. And it's kind of sad that you only see her in this episode. Yeah, I like their relationship together. But at least mm. it's a two-parter. Right. She's worried about him. You can't really make promises you can't keep. Yeah. But he did. Now, he didn't you, really have a choice. That's true. I might promise her a few things if I was single. (laughs) Or married to her. Yeah. Oh, married to her. I'd promise her the world probably. And he doesn't even know what he promised. Um, Uh, I got to say, Mike Post does a lot of the music for the beginning of Quantum Leap series. And he does a really good job. And also this music is very good in this episode. Her belly looks pretty weird. uh, Pretty real. Hmm, I wonder if she was really pregnant. I, I have no idea either way. Stock footage, drink. <laughs> so scratchy looking. Please do not play this drinking game while driving or while planning to drive. Yeah, right. Drink responsibly. Pretty cool flight suit. Yeah, it's a cool costume. Is that a cigarette machine? What is that? It says cigarettes on it. Wow. I remember those when I was a kid. You could just walk up to them and buy cigarettes. You're seven or eight years old. They had those in convenience stores when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not we just knew not to touch them. Oh. Uh, my first time I went up to one of those things, I didn't know what to pull. I thought I was going to get caught. I thought the cops were going to get me. So I just pulled something. Like an alarm would go off and you would get caught. Camel non-filters. Yuck. Yeah. They were... I tried like one puff and I got green and almost puked. And that was the end of smoking for me. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Might come up later in Quantum Leap.
They're, they're kind of <laughs> naughty for girls yeah. in the 50s, huh? Well, like, I guess to be pregnant, they would have to be naughty at some point. <laughs> yeah. They're not exactly virgins. They all seem to have kids before that also, right? So yeah. maybe they were pregnant all at the same time before. Yeah. Oh, they're getting worried. Drink. That one doesn't even look that bad. No. The only way you can tell is the scratches. Yeah. Some of them are worse than others, though. So it's cold in New Mexico. You can tell that. See his breath. Yeah. Oh, they all look at her like. This you know, is scary. Peg Stratton's story is almost as important as Tom Stratton. Oh yeah. But I think that kind of continues throughout a lot of Quantum Leap episodes, where the guest star really is pretty much in the whole episode. It's a good singer. Stock footage, drink. I might have to actually go back and say, please don't drink this many times. This could be dangerous. I told you, there's a lot of stock footage in this episode. I didn't necessarily say alcoholic beverages, right? Right. So another game you could play is drink some soft drinks and try not to pee before the end of the episode. Is that a fun drinking game? I'm not sure. (laughs) 1953. Mini skirts. <laughs> That's kind of naughty for Sam. Panty hose. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because Sam not really like that. No, he's not a horn dog. And he was a nerd. He wouldn't have had any issues with pantyhose. How can you be a nerd and look that good though? I I think women would be attracted to a nerd that looked like Scott Bakula. Hmm. You've never seen those high school pictures of, like, before they looked good, though? Oh, that's true. The internet memes that say, they'll never get a girlfriend in the picture of them now. And it's Brad Pitt. Yeah. Well, like, Neville Longbottom on Harry Potter, he's a big popular one for not looking good and then looking really good. See, I was lucky. I I was a child model, and I'm still very attractive today. (laughs) I'm glad you have no modesty. (laughs) No, I'm very modest. I'm the most modest person you could meet. Oh, you... Obviously, you know the meaning of that word. Obviously. He's like, sure, I'll get in the test plane. No problem. Where's Al? Has anybody seen Al? I'm feeling kind of sick, guys. Microwaving popcorn's okay as long as you don't breathe in the steam. We don't rent videos anymore. So that kind of dates that. What, microwave popcorn? No. Oh, uh, rent movies? Yes, rent, rent videos. Redbox. I guess technically, yes, you can go rent a movie in Redbox. Yeah. Do you see Sam Beckett streaking? I don't. This, I think this was before they kind of planned out his personality. They didn't quite have his character narrowed down yet. Yeah, the first time I watched this, I didn't think about that because I didn't really know him yet. But now, in retrospect... Yeah, he was like a child prodigy, really smart. I don't see him being a ladies' man, cool guy in high school or anything like that. Played Carnegie Hall. Right. He's in the chess club. Right, yeah. Chess club and streaking and all that stuff doesn't really go together. Maybe the playful, fun side of him got Swiss cheesed out. And maybe if he ever does leap back into his own body, brain, aura, he might be a horn dog. I don't see that ever happening. Probably not. 
But maybe he just kind of remembers cliche things and not really things from his life. Ah, so he's not just answering honestly. He's messing with them for real, real. Or just remembering certain things from the time period, maybe. Could be. He loves watching Alf. I don't know. I just made that up. I was going to say, I didn't hear that. (laughs) Why not screw it to the floor or something? I don't know. I don't know. I was just going to say, I wonder if he's going to bonk his head again. You he he must have seen again. this before. I've seen this. This is probably, without exaggeration, 20th time. Wow. But that happens. Uh, when you're going back to watch a series over again, you always start with the first one. And you might, you know, you might watch the whole series or you might just say, oh, that was fun. And then, you know, a few months later, a year later, you go to watch it again. You watch the first one again. Albert. He calls him Albert. And his eyes are so closed. He is so scared. I would be scared. He's just dropping. But I don't think he calls him Albert again very often, if any. No. Not bad. Yeah. It's like the effects were better in the pilot and then throughout the first season weren't so good. Well, they probably had more time to do this one, too. But then by season two, they had their stuff together. Yeah. I like when they do things like this where they don't have to use a visual effect yeah. to imply what they were doing. Well, well, right there they did, but not the shot before. That looked pretty cool. And it would also be a way for Al to teach Sam how to do other things. Hey. <laughs> I just had that thought. I was like, it's kind of awkward. You're such you know? a boy. I am. Laker game. I think this project takes precedent over a basketball game. Yeah, he's not as busy further on. I think he's more committed to Sam in later episodes. Well, what I'm thinking, my perspective on this is at this point, you know, Sam, we talked about, didn't do this to help people. And Al didn't sign up to do this to help people either. He signed up to just be part of the quantum leap experiment. Let's see if we can make time travel work. Yeah. But now he's put in a situation to where he's the sidekick or the co-lifesaver. Yeah. So at this point, he is not trying to put right what went wrong. He's just trying to help Sam get back to Project Quantum Leap in New Mexico desert. Yeah, he doesn't know that. There's going to be more missions ahead of them. No, as far as they both know, this is one little trip and adventure and they go back home after this. That would be a really short series. Yeah. You can tell the sky behind them is not moving. Not that they would really be flying, but... Right. Same trick as with uh, the car. Oh, yeah. But you got to do what you got to do. And a lot of times they would still do that today. So it's not something that is antiquated. Yeah, well, it's not like you're going to get two of your best actors in a series up in a plane. (laughs) Well, if one of them was Michael Dorn, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. The insurance rates still might be high. It's one thing if Michael Dorn wants to fly on his own, but for a thing, I don't know how that would work. Right. For a production, yeah. They would have to do it on the ground. Hmm. For some reason, I want coffee. Do you smell coffee? I don't smell coffee. I hear coffee. You he heard it. I know how you can get that confused. There's actually a um, disorder, isn't there, where you like smell colors and you see numbers or you hear numbers. So like when you're panicking or when you're on LSD? 
<laughs> I think it's without LSD. You're just your senses are confused. Like you smell purple. Never smelt purple before. Me neither. I don't have that, but it must be strange. Fire. I wonder what purple smells like. I would say grape, but not like grapes, but like hubba bubba grape. You know that like fake grape? Grape soda grape? Grape drink. Yeah. I like that kind of grape. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the grape medicine flavor. Hmm. I don't, like grapes though. Ooh. Wow. Now let's talk about that a little bit. At first I thought that was some kind of metaphor. But you said no, it was from the, um, what did you say it was? <laughs> I think that she was so preoccupied that she let it boil too long and the glass broke. I think that's what I right, said. Right, right. And I was trying to make it seem like it meant the plane crashing and uh, the fuel boiling and smelling coffee. And I was trying to read all kinds of things into it. Okay, this is what I was talking about earlier with the weird scene with the parachute. So I was mistaken earlier on. This is... Uh, I was talking about. So you'll you'll watch this and see something strange here. Now, if you don't know what you just saw, look it up. <laughs> I don't know what I just saw. A <laughs> little bit of a clue. He made it. Well, that's always good. Again, would be a really short series. So Al really helped him. Why yeah, is he still good. there? He must have something else to accomplish. Hmm, I wonder. Al. It's weird. My name is Albie, but I've I've gone by Al before, so it's odd sometimes when people are talking about Al to do with Quantum Leap, because I think they're talking about me sometimes. Too bad my name's not Sam. That would be really cool. Like Samantha. Yeah. So you could be Sam and Al. That'd be cool. Do you want to change your name? I think I've been Heather for too long that I couldn't answer to Sam. What if you wore a wig and we just pretend? Sounds like role-playing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something Al would do. <laughs> the safe word is quantum leap accelerator. <laughs> this is one of the first examples of the double dialogue. Oh, yeah. They did it all the way back here. Where the two people are having two different conversations with Sam, and he's answering both one of them answer. at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that part of writing, because other than quantum leap, I can't really think of an example where they do that. You really have to think about the conversation and plan it all out. I mean, obviously that has to get planned out anyway, <laughs> but I mean, you really have to think about what their answers are going to be so they fit. And Deborah Pratt helped write this. And so, and you see... And we're the, big fans of hers. Yes, of course. Um, beautiful woman and uh, smart, intelligent, capable. Uh, she might have some part of that because in her episodes, they do that also. Yeah. Might have been her... Um, her idea. It's hard to know exactly who did what, and even writers will tell you now that if they did it 10 years ago, and they can watch the episode and for five minutes and not even know they wrote it. Yeah. Until they remember. So, this is a kind of a sad part. Do you think that could uh, trigger labor? Like, some adrenaline or something. Oh, yeah. Stress. You got to not stress out when you're pregnant, especially in like the second trimester. I guess the first trimester, it's scary because you could miscarry. But then as the further you get along, you go into labor. Yeah. And at this point in time, if you went into labor, there was no stopping it. Yeah. See, I went into labor two months early and they did everything they could to stop it. So I still ended up going... Three weeks early, but it was safe by then. This is 
Not safe. Not well. I mean, right now the technology would probably save the baby and the mom, but back then I don't think so. Yeah, they were expecting the baby to die. Or her. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. So I'm glad he didn't leap yet. He's there for a purpose. Or two. <laughs> in this episode, we find out that he has a doctorate in doctrine. He is good at everything, we find out through the series. He's amazing at everything. And if he doesn't know something... Al does. Yep. So it works out. I believe by this point, Sam really is in love with Peg. Oh, Full blown I agree. love. Lamaze. It reminds me kind of this episode reminds me of that Star Trek next gen episode where Picard lives his whole life and has a family and kids. And then in like five minutes, I love that episode. But that's what this kind of reminds me of because he's going to move on. But he still had this brief time with this family. Do you realize by mentioning that episode of Star Trek, your uh, geek cred just went way up? Yay. Go me for geek cred. Now, what's the name of the episode? Okay. I don't get that much geek cred. Well, the inner it, light. Ah, oh, very good. I was about to say it, and you got it. I don't even have anything to Google with, guys. I'm, That's awesome. I mean, All right. I'm pretty There's always a Star Trek reference in something. See, I went into labor eight weeks early, so it's similar, but they were able to stop mine, and I didn't right. have to drink any alcohol, so. Uh, they didn't even tell you you could drink alcohol. No, that wasn't a suggestion. Ironically, if Peg had been playing the stock footage drinking game, she wouldn't be in premature labor right now. <laughs> he's looking at her and he's very sad thinking the baby's going to die. But then he goes, hey, click, I know stuff. I think that was kind of a comforting smile for her. What's it? Okay. Sure you can. Beta sympathic mimetic, polymimetic alloy, T1000. I think now they use Procardia. I guess I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably got to be one of the worst parts of acting is learning the lines that make no sense. Yeah, like I could never be a doctor on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. Or House. See, take House and add time travel to it. That would be awesome. That could be a new show. Uh, copyright 2014. <laughs> I'll be Heather. Alcohol. Sugar and water and alcohol. Like uh, a Saline fufu drink. solution and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how he says it like a doctor. Which will... Oxytocin better than Pitocin. Mm-hmm. Just for the record. In case you're wondering. <laughs> We're full of maternal facts. There is a... 19-month-old running around the house right now. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah. I love this part. Ever will be, will be. You're going to let me sing by myself. I'm not singing with you. You make a fool out of yourself. I don't mind. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Is that the song they dance to? Yes, the... it is. Yeah. Bookends. They start off with a song, and then she's 
remembering probably the most romantic time she had recently, and that's that's probably why she's singing it. So that doctor just learned how to stall labor and how to do Lamaze. Yeah. I wonder if he's Dr. Lamaze. I wonder how much of a jump in technology that was just then. How much is Sam changing? Or do you think that he was always meant to be there that time and that's just a natural progression? You're blowing my mind. Mind blow. They're like the perfect couple. I want them to be together forever. Yeah, but he needs a lot of nice women throughout the... He does. Uh, Do you have any favorites so far? Her, definitely. I know, me too, right? It's like your first love. (laughs) Yeah, I really Uh, like her. Yeah. Be nice to talk to her. I think we also, because we also got to see her longer, like we got a two-parter with her. Two-parter. There's a three-parter coming up. Mm. So that'll be interesting. Now, this is one of my favorite parts. It's a nice little segue. Not the vehicle, but a way to get from one story (laughs) to another. And that baseball, playing ball, comes up again. Thumbs up. She made it. See, we actually saw the baseball leap there. I think that's the first... Well, the only time that I know of we see Sam leap without seeing Sam leap. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize that the first time. The ball leaped. (laughs) That's odd. So I thought the story was over. What's what's going on here? He leaped into his next mission. He's like, this is not home. <laughs> not home. I was not a AAA ball player. What's their team name? He's got a W on there. The Bombers? The W Bombers? Probably like Washington. Oh, Waco. Or... That's right. Waco Bombers. Man, you can tell I, this is a while ago for me. This leap isn't very long, but it's necessary. Because um, if this is the first time you're watching this, you think that if it ended with Sam and Peg kissing, you think, okay, this series takes place in... 1950s. 1950s, and he's a pilot, and he's got a son. But now you realize that he's going to be leaping around to different people. Yeah. This is the first time that we see a dog freak out because they know it's not him. Right. The dog can see Sam. Not without the aura, yeah. right? And apparently, he doesn't like Sam, which is the only animal or person that I've met that doesn't like Scott Bakula. Well, I think he's confused. I don't know if he doesn't like him. I think he was oh, like it's supposed him to later. be his dog. Yeah. Talking about his dad again. And remembering more. Yeah. For a while, I thought every time he leaped, he might get a little bit more memory. He mentions a lot about his dad here, but he doesn't really mention a lot about his dad later on. I wonder if he loses the memories that he gains each time. I don't think so. It's cumulative. Yeah, I think he just is really sentimental about his dad until the next part. Well, dad is a very important part in a boy's life growing up. Yeah. Silver chrome leather jacket. It's the first time we see it. First appearance. Outfit number 11 for <laughs> Al in this episode. My little rule of thumb, if Al's wearing the chrome jacket, it's a good episode. I don't know if there's anything to it, but so far, so good. I 
are mostly good episodes, so that's probably why. <laughs> yeah. I could say any episode with a baseball hat is a good episode because most of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> and he would know. Yeah, see, Sam's more relaxed still. Yeah. Again with the double talk. Dean Stockwell has a cigar in almost every scene in the whole series. He's not always smoking it, but he always has one. Yeah, it must be a thing. Uh, that was one of the things he asked if he could bring to the role. Did he just think it was necessary, or did he really like cigars? The reason he gives is he just wanted free cigars. Hey, that, whatever works, right? <laughs> and it worked for five years. If you look in high definition at the pin on his chrome leather jacket, it's a little LCD screen. What? Worf on Star Trek Next Generation wore a similar type thing in the first few seasons of Next Gen. Gushy. There's no exact oh, pronunciation of gushy at this point. He says gushy the first episode and then gushy. Gushy. After that. Who knows or if it was shot out of The first part of the episode. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think that describes this whole show <laughs> an yeah. identity crisis that's a good trailer moment oh I see the Tim Fox and his appearance in this episode he is not an attractive I mean eh, maybe not just my type but it's hard if you're being compared to Scott Bakula yeah you're right Tim Fox F-O-X that spells Fox now, here comes a big error. He's looking in the oh, mirror this one's to see bad. what himself looks like. And the B on his shirt is not reversed. No. And if you had a B on your shirt, and Bomber's right there, if you had a B on your shirt and you were looking in a mirror, it would be backwards. Well, that would be the RS over there, not the right. B. And you would think, oh, it's okay. It only is in this episode, so no big deal. That moment is in the opening of so many Quantum Leap <laughs> episodes. They show that opening. So nobody caught on that whole time. Whoops. I have to say that by the time they got the color of truth, they pretty much got the reverse everything down. Yeah. Because like in the restaurant and the color of truth. It's he had good. to sit down at the counter with the mirror and even the background actors were doubled. Yeah. They're all twins or close enough to double. And we get to find out all the good news of all the good things he did. And Sam still remembers. Yeah. What he just did, so. So it only switched cheese the first leap. And her name was Samantha. Aw. That part for me gave me a little uh, goosebumps on my arms. Yeah, happy little story. Yeah, he looks weird. Oh, it's so weird. The mirror double. Unless it's in a jukebox. Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. It's bad that they mentioned that in the same episode that his reflection yeah. is in the jukebox. But, you know, we're building our universe as we go. It's a pilot. As pilots go, this is an amazing pilot. I've seen some really bad pilots for shows that end up being really good. But this is a really good pilot for a really good show. And at this point, when you first watched the series, you thought that maybe each leap would move closer to his current time. That's what I thought. But then we'd have a shorter series again. Yeah. Because he just leaped 12 years. Four years, I think they said. A while. I think you just said 12. Okay. (laughs) 
See, they're referring to Ziggy, Ziggy as a he here. Yeah. I haven't so. re- heard them refer to Ziggy as a girl yet, but it's we're only up. in the second season. Yeah, so. it's coming up. The official word from Deborah Pratt when she was asked at a Quantum Leap convention was that Ziggy is a computer and therefore has no gender. That makes sense. She voices the voice of Ziggy later on in the series, though. Hmm. Six doctorates. So, medicine, quantum physics, ancient languages, mm. massage therapy. <laughs> we can get to a massage therapy one yet. Uh, I don't think we got there yet. It's going to be a good one, though. <laughs> Is that the HBO special? <laughs> My name. Oh, so he didn't even tell Peg that his name was Sam. No. So that was just God time or fate. Sam Beckett. Yeah, I think I agree that he should have told him his name, at least. When they were coming up with the name of Sam Beckett, you think that they thought for a moment it's the same name as Samuel Beckett, the playwright. I just think of Kate Beckett. On Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the producer of that show is a big uh, sci-fi fan, so he might have got that Beckett from this Beckett. Maybe. Might be something to find out. It comes up throughout the series that his name is the same as the playwright. Oh, yeah. One of the episodes coming up. Yeah. Um, Honeymoon Express. It's specifically mentioned. Yeah. Now he's calling his dad. Aww. Elk Ridge, Indiana. I've actually been to Indiana, Indianapolis, though. I'm going back to Indiana. Are you? Mm -hmm. Never been there, though. How do you go back to somewhere you've never been? A payphone. If anyone ever asks you where they can find a payphone, you say, in the past. (laughs) Because that's the only place you can find one. The last time I saw one was probably 1990-something. Yeah. He's talking to his dad. This show's uh, first episode, Scott Bakula's acting chops. Tom Foolery. I couldn't imagine talking to a lost loved one. Just what like, would you do? Like make up a <sighs> an identity? He does it so good right there. I think I would just say, I would tell the truth and say I love you. And they would think I'm crazy. But, you know, at least I would have the satisfaction of yeah. saying. And this, you know, short scene, it's not a big part of the episode, but it shows how this series is going to continue to tug at your heartstrings as you watch it. Oh, yeah. You're not really, at this point, maybe invested in the character as much, but I can tell since I've been watching the past two seasons that when we rewatch this episode, it's even more, has even more of an effect on me because I know this person and I feel for him. Yeah, I know his character so much more now watching it than I did the first time I watched it. And then his dad says he knows. He knows. My dad knew that I loved him. I told him every day. That's good. Oh. You think maybe he stopped mentioning his dad because he had closure here, kind of? That is a good thought. He really did. 
Because he mentions him a lot in this episode, but he doesn't mention him a lot afterwards. He must have lost him quite suddenly to not be able to have closure before. Yeah, but I don't think anything can prepare you, even if it's kind of drawn out. Yeah. Those are real real tears, folks. Oh, yeah. Scott Bakula is amazing. We're just sitting here watching Scott Bakula act. I'm just amazed. I'm I'm just... It it almost feels wrong to talk over what he's doing right now. I know, it's such an emotional scene. If the pilot hasn't grabbed you yet... Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm not going to say you're heartless, but... (laughs) But you are. (laughs) Um, We're coming close to the end of the episode. Man. So emotional, that part. That's rough. And then we, we see get to Sam's see his dad. dad. Yeah. And we see a young Sam Beckett. Mm-hmm. Which is Scott Bakula's voice dubbed into this young actor. That's pretty cool that they did that. You can hear Scott Bakula. Yeah. It wasn't bad either. That voiceover work is, uh, I accept that because that's for a reason. When they do it, just but it didn't look bad, didn't. though. No, it didn't. I don't know. Would the kid get the audio to practice, or would he just do it and then Scott would match? Probably have Scott match. Yeah, it would be easier. He's more talented. He still has to win the game. He says thank you. So God, time or fate got. He's still got to win the game. He wins the game? Yeah. Oh. Okay. How do you think he leaps? I, I don't know. Some some <laughs> kind of uh, he didn't quarks leap and because he called his dad. occupying the same space at the same time can't happen. So once he leaps into it, it pushes something else out. I don't think that was the question I asked. Oh, I'm sorry. I think right here he's recharged. He's He knows that... He's doing good, and now he's got the... He was given a gift to be able to talk to his father, so now he doesn't mind going back to work. He's got the motivation now. Why does it look like he got punched in the face? He's crying, he said. No, no, he's got, like, dirt. dirt. (laughs) Might be too much blush. Rouge? Is that rouge or blush? Well, I'm thinking dirt on his uniform. He probably... Okay. Is that part of the leaper? It it might have been just uh, makeup... To look, make it look like dirt, but they didn't realize it in the scene before he didn't have dirt. <laughs> Continuity error, but I'll forgive it. So maybe that's why he was here, to win the game for him. Well, we know he's supposed to win. Why else would you leap into a team? A sports team, you know? Baseball comes up a few more times in Quantum Leap. And I like it. I'm not a fan of baseball, but I'm a fan of baseball movies. So for me, this is a uh, little play on The Natural, the movie The Natural. You're like my own personal IMDb. (laughs) I just uh, like Quantum Leap, so I learn these things. The Paul Newman movie. Before he made salad dressing, he made a movie called The Natural. This reference I don't get. It's The picture's supposed to be some baseball person, but I'm not a sports guy, so... 
I kind of miss the whole guest star who it is. Roy Hobbs, that's a nod to the natural. It's weird, the lightning freaked out, kind of. I don't know if that was a sign. Might be something to do with the natural. Well, it would help if I'd seen that. He is batting left-handed, I believe. Scott Bakula does not normally play baseball left-handed. Hmm. Then why is he playing left-handed? Because the character was left-handed. Oh. But he said in an interview one time when he saw it in slow motion that he wishes he would have just done it right-handed because it would have looked much better. Oh, right. Did the, the little boy gave him a lefty bat, right? <laughs> is there a lefty and a righty bat? I would assume. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a sports guy again, but I didn't think there was. I know there's a helmet difference. Isn't a bat, like, cylindrical? Yeah, but aren't, like, I know the aluminum ones, aren't they weighted? So they, you would think that they'd be weighted differently. Not sure. I don't know. We don't know what we're talking about. Please send us feedback to quantumlypodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your History of bats. I don't know. <laughs> There's bats in your belfry. This is really tense. I have no idea what's going to happen. A little bit of music in there. Look at his face. He's like... <laughs> I don't know. This is harder than flying the plane. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather hit a ball than fly a plane. Yeah, but you have to win the game to leap. All the odds are on the line. And he missed it. What? You're out. So uh, he, uh, uh, he's uh, not going to uh. win the game. Oh, wait. Run. Run. Steal first. <laughs> he's saying first, folks, if you can't read lips. And Sam's like, oh, what, what, what? Oh, okay, I'll run. Now, I had no idea you could do this in baseball, but apparently you can. I think you've already admitted that you don't know anything about baseball. I'm not a sports guy. I would be giving commentary on the latest game of the Los Angeles whatever they are. Did we talk about the fact that he's on a team called the Bombers and he was just flying a bomber? Thank you very much. That is <laughs> a very good observation that I don't think either of us had until like the second time we watched the show. I just was looking, I'm like... Hey, that was a thing. There's a, there's a lot of things in Quantum Leap that come up like that, where one thing will connect to a previous leap that he had. And it might be something as simple as a name like that. Yeah, you're the one who usually catches that. Right, that's the burger theory. Yeah, right. Because there's Dr. Burger, and then in the next episode, there's a burger order. So he stole all four bases. That's some talent right there, or yeah. some luck, or some kind of something. Or he's the star of his own television show. Weird. It's like they wrote it that way. All right, so <laughs> the rest of this series takes place when he's a baseball player for the Waco Bombers, right? Maybe we get to follow his career going forward into the major leagues. I'm going to say he's going to leap. You think like so? right now. Ish. Right now. <laughs> Almost very soon. I think, Pretty much there. <laughs> I think very, yeah, very yeah. soon. Right. So at least at this point, you now know that he isn't going to stay in his 
position for very long. It kind of gives the... Oh, boy. <laughs> and he yeah. leaps into a great episode written by Deborah Pratt. Okay, this is Albie. And I'm Heather. And if you'd like to find out more about Quantum Leap, please go to quantumleappodcast.com, where we are going episode by episode, looking back at every episode of Quantum Leap, one at a time, sometimes three at a time, and trying to find the message, moral, and meaning in things, and seeing if they've gotten any better lately. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed our commentary. This was fun. It was really fun. And I always love watching this over and over and over again. This makes, what, 22 times? I wish I had counted, really, but when I was 14, I didn't know. It was nice to go back and watch it, knowing what I do know now. It'll be nice to go back again once I've seen the ending, I think. It's been really nice being with you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Leap on, leapers. Keep on leaping on.